0: Well, it's a blessing to be here, not only tonight, but throughout these few days that we've been together. I thought there for a while we didn't preach the first service. Maybe we won't preach the last service. And uh, it's fine with me, whatever the Lord wants to do. I've I'm, I'm just been his servant for, and a happy servant for a long, long time. I thought about it. I've made a couple of trips down memory lane. Uh, tonight in my mind listening to testimonies and listening to the music and the songs I'm thankful for the grace of God when after you get saved you do some of the dumbest things go down wrong trails have some bad friends lead you astray do some things that you're ashamed of and he never leaves us, nor forsakes us. He's always there. I, was, I, know, I, I don't think I've ever done this in my life before, but when Billy Graham died here a few weeks ago, I popped in my head, I was home. I said, I wonder if they're going to have that on my computer. And I punched in Billy Graham's funeral, and there it was. And I listened to it, and it was it was a blessing. And one of the daughters, I don't, you know, I'm not a, I don't know of Billy Graham's family. Of course, I know Franklin, and I know the one girl that's a better preacher than Franklin, whatever her <laughs> name is. But they had a, There was another girl there, and she told a little bit. She talked about, I don't know if she got a divorce or if her husband had died. I can't remember. And that tragedy had happened in her life, and then. She married another man real quick, and she said my my children didn't want me to do it. And she said I went ahead and married him. And she said after we I was married three weeks, after he'd abused me so terribly, she said I left him. And she said I called my daddy. And said I want to come home. Yeah. And she said I. Drove. I don't know, I think it took her two days from wherever she was. And she said, I remember pulling up the driveway. I was so afraid of what my father would say. And she said, there standing on the porch was my dad with his arms out like this. And she said, my father that day reminded me so much of my heavenly father. Amen. Now, I'll tell you something. When you do dumb things like she did, we have a great God. Amen that is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all sin. You say, well, that's never happened to me. Well, I tell you, if you hang around long enough and you get a little careless, it'll happen to you. Something will happen. And you can always put your faith and trust in him. I've been blessed to be here these days. I've had, I don't know, probably half a dozen preachers call me this week or leave me text and want me to call them and so I did and they asked how the service has been and I said well you should have been here Sunday uh, we, I never even preached we didn't get out of here until about quarter to one and w- walked out with forty some thousand dollars and two or three of them would like to have us come there and do that at their church I don't think I had much to do with it but I was glad to be here and glad to be a part of it and my check will be in the mail Monday when I get home uh, to get it down here to you folks. But uh, I do appreciate it. Appreciate the nice place I've had to stay. Kind of unique place. Got a little two-bedroom house to myself. And it's been good. And the preacher and his family came over last night. And Miss Preacher made, a, I think, three strawberry pies. And uh, I had one. They left a whole one in the refrigerator. I had a little bit for dessert this afternoon. It was a blessing. I'm not inviting anybody over tonight. I might... <laughs> Kill the whole thing off myself, really, but uh, not really. But a wonderful fellowship, and I appreciate uh, the love offering, appreciate the accommodations, and the, uh, we've been out to eat every day, the preacher and I, and sometimes other people. Today we took the whole school out to eat, and that was an interesting thing. I thought we'd be, I thought we'd be there for hours, and, buddy, that Mexican food came out quick. But I, you know, I learned something about Spanish food whether you have tacos, enchiladas, uh, chimichangas, whatever, all it is, is—they it's the same thing, just fold it up different. That's all it is. That, they just fold it up and bring it out and you eat it. Same stuff. But anyway, it's a blessing. I, I do feel like I ought to preach a little bit tonight. I want you to look in your book, if you would, to 2 Samuel chapter 19. In the previous chapter, you know, Absalom had been killed by Joab, and David is so tore up about it, he's weeping and moaning and mourning his boy, Absalom. And Joab, finally, uh, David's nephew, he comes to him and said, boy, the way you're acting, you wish all of us would have died, and uh, you'd been happier if Absalom lived, and, and we were all dead. He rebukes him, and he tells him, boy, the people of Israel are going to turn again you if you keep going this way, and I think David heeds him, and just to save a little bit of time, I want you to look at uh, verse number 16. And Shimei, the son of Girah, a Benjaminite, which was of Behurim, hasted, came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were a thousand men of Benjamin with him. Ziba the servant of the house of Saul and his 15 sons and his 20 servants with him. And they went over Jordan before the king. And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. Shimei the son of Girah fell down before the king as he was come over Jordan. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to be here these few days it's been a blessing to me it's been encouragement to me I'm thankful God for the day that you allowed my paths to cross with Rick gravely it's been a help to me it's been a blessing to me it's been encouragement to me this whole family and his church family been nothing but a blessing to this preacher And I'm grateful for the grace of God that allowed that to happen. And I pray you'd bless this church. There's a future for it. It's over on a bypass. We've driven by it a few times. It's just a woods now. But in my mind, I can see the building. And I can see the blessings. And God, I pray in the eye of faith that it would soon be fact. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said earlier, Absalom had fomented insurrection in Israel. He had usurped the throne of his father David. And great David had to flee to the wilderness. Absalom had unspeakably defiled his father's concubines. The 18th chapter, that battle ensued against the king's desire. Absalom was killed. By his cousin Joab. David was full of remorse and Joab rebuked him, and the king gathered himself, and he is now returning to the throne to reunite the kingdom. And the little phrase in verse number nine, sometime ago, captured my attention. It'll be the contents of my thoughts tonight. There went over, there went over a ferry boat. There went over. A ferry boat. And that conjures up in my mind and I trust in an enlightened look at our redemption and our rapture. Now you think with me tonight, the Bible says there, there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household. The boat must come from the other side to transport us to where we want to be. Christ Jesus left the splendor of heaven, conceived in the womb of a virgin, born in a stable and labored in obscurity for 30 years. He burst on the scene at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. I heard about a little boy that went to Sunday school. He came home, his mother said, what did you learn in Sunday school? She said, I learned today that if I ever get married, I want Jesus to come to my wedding. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He restored men to a right relationship with his heavenly father, and it got him crucified. But he came to die. He came to pay the price of our salvation, and also, ultimately, one day, to provide our trespasses Portation to glory land. The truth tonight is you cannot save yourself. There is no homemade boat that you could ever build that would be capable of carrying you across the great divide. But thank God tonight we don't have to build our own boat. It has been built by the grace of God. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, salvation's ship sails from the other side. Neither, the Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Thank God tonight the price has been paid. Your ticket is at will call tonight. Whosoever will may come. The preacher and I were talking and I mentioned this today or maybe yesterday, I don't know. We were He was talking about hearing the voices of old preachers. I said, I've got home at my house. I've got William Booth uh, talking. And Booth, on the little clip that I have, it was back in the gold mining days and a ship was coming into San Francisco in a fierce storm Uh Got the ship off course, it struck a rock and it was sinking. The captain informed the passengers and the crew that the ship was a goner. There was a sunburned miner there who was loading his pockets with gold. A little lassie came up beside him, seven years of age and she pulled on his coat and she said, sir, please, sir, do you know how to swim? He looked down at the little gal and he said, I, indeed I can She looked up at him. She said, sir, will you save me? I can't swim. She cried with a look of longing in her eyes and he looked at that girl and felt the gold, the weight of the gold in his pocket. He could not save both the gold and the girl and so overboard went the gold. That little gal, those bags that he had, her feet went in those bags, her arms went tight, around his neck, and he swam. The strong man swam to shore. A big wave landed them on the beach, and the little girls inquired. She said, Where am I? Where am I? He said, We're on shore, and we're safe. She said, Oh, sir, I'm so glad you saved me. Now, I want to say to you tonight, child of God, amidst the storms of life, and the shipwrecks of men's souls away with all that which does not last and does not matter. The salvation of one's soul is the ultimate thing in this life. You think about this, this thing of soul winning. The spirits that you help to get to the other side will greet you with glad hearts and great rejoicing. Bless the dear Lord. Then consider this, that the passengers, you notice, there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household. The passengers on ship on that little ferry boat were just as safe as the king was. We have eternal life tonight. Romans chapter 8, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. We are part and parcel of the family of God. He went to prepare a place for us. You know, our redemption is not based on us, but on him. You know, when the priest in the Old Testament, when he went to make the offering for sin, he did not check the man. To see if the man was pure and perfect and without blemish or spot, he checked the lamb. And I want to say to you tonight, the lamb of God that paid the price of our sin was the perfect spotless lamb of God Almighty. Whatever he did on Calvary, all the ins and outs of that, that body that was sanctified and placed there on Calvary and bore the sins of the whole world. You think about it, bore the sins of the whole world in his body on the tree. My sins would have been horrible enough for the sinless lamb of God. The, uh, The body of folks in this building tonight would have been horrible for him to suffer under but he bore the sin of all mankind that day. Passengers on the ship are just as safe as the king. I want you to contemplate this just quickly. The king is with them. Remember that old song? You don't have to cross Jordan alone. When all the problems of life come in, we don't go through anything alone. It's been sung about tonight in just about every song. He's there. He'll be with us. He'll help us. He'll take us through and bring us out on the other side. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for he is with me. He is with us. It is said of Mrs. Booth when she was dying, these were her last words, She said, the waters of death are rising, and so am I. I'm going to tell you, friend, we're going to float above the clouds one of these days. We have the great hope of life eternal. F.B. Meyer, a great preacher of a bygone day, was traveling. He was struck with a great illness. He recognized he had but a short time to live. He wrote a note to his wife, and this is what it said. By the time you get this, I'll be dead. Don't reply. Meet me in the morning. I am thankful. I am thankful tonight that we have a hope beyond this life. You notice also it's a ferry boat. It's not an an ocean liner. It's not the Queen Mary. It's not the biggest cruise ship that ever was built. It's just a ferry boat, just a quick trip from this land of sorrow and heartache and problems to a land of blessing and joy forevermore. In Michigan, not far from where I was born, way up here in this part of the mitten, there's a lake, a beautiful lake called Lake Charlevoix. It flows into Lake Michigan. There's just a little uh, canal, really, not much longer in this building right here that takes you from Lake Charlevoix into Lake Michigan. On the other end, there's a little ferry boat. It's uh, called the Ironton Ferry. When I was a little boy, uh, my dad would preach revivals there in Charlevoix. We would stay in little cabins. uh, Little cabins, not much bigger than just this little part of uh, uh, the platform up here, maybe maybe 15 by 20, just tiny little things right there on Lake Charlevoix. And you could ride across the Ironton Ferry when I was a boy for a dime. I don't think six cars can get on that ferry today, maybe four. It's uh, just a three or 400 yards across there. It might be five or 10 bucks to get across there nowadays, but it was just a little bit of nothing, just a short trip just a quick ride across that river beyond the stars where we'll be with him forevermore. Across the Ohio River, there's a ferry boat on the other side of Cincinnati from where we live. My wife and I have taken it a couple times, either when we had a long time to get to the airport or the flight was delayed, and let's take the ferry today Or maybe the highway was blocked and we'd just take the ferry. And I tell you, friend, it's not going to be long from when you breathe your last here and breathe your first there. Absent with the body, our book says, and present with the Lord. Goodbye here and hello up there. Hallelujah. There's an old story. I had a friend, somebody testified kind of tonight, maybe two or three people back there. I don't turn around to look and see who it was but talked about uh, being saved and living for the Lord and then kind of getting off track and going astray. I had a friend got saved about the time I got saved, really. I mean, he got in. He got in good and uh, was a faithful church member at my dad's for probably a quarter of a century or maybe more, but a terrible tragedy entered into his home. And when that tragedy came, another even worse than that, thundered into their little precious family and tore it all to pieces. And one day, really, it was after he had kind of backslid, he came by my house. He was was good at buying old furniture and old books and and stuff and making money with it, and that's part of his problem. I guess he made a lot of money. But he gave me an old book. It was a beautiful book. It was called Tiffany's Diamonds of Poetry and Prose. And it's filled with wonderful poetry and stories from the past. The book was written back in the 19th century. And inside one day, I found this little piece of literature called A Parable of Immortality by Henry Van Dyke. And it goes like this. I'm standing upon the seashore. A ship at my side spreads her white sails to the morning breeze and starts for the blue ocean." She is an object of beauty and strength, and I stand and watch until at last she hangs like a speck of white cloud just where the sea and the sky come down to mingle with each other. Then someone at my side says, there she goes. Gone where? Gone from my sight, that is all. She is just as large and mast and hull and spar as she was when she left my side and just as able to bear her load of freight to the place of destination. Her diminished size is in me, not in her. And just at that moment when someone at my side says, there she goes, there are other eyes watching her coming. and other voices ready to take up the glad shout. Yes. Here she comes. <laughs> I remember the day my mother died. Yes like yesterday my father called me he said I had spent I had gone to the hospital the day before spent two or three hours with her right next door to the hospital I could look out the window I had the oil changed on my car had it serviced and I could see when they took it in and I can see when they brought it out and we spent two or three hours together the next day early in the morning my dad called me and he said if you want to see your mom you better get up here I jumped in my car and drove to the hospital as quick as I could, went up to that hospital room where she lay. I walked in that room. The woman that I'd loved all of my life lay there. She had some awful brown stuff rolling out of her mouth and down her chin. Couldn't keep it wiped away. I went over and kissed her right on the lips. I don't know if I'd kiss that. Oh, she'd kiss me a lot of times when I was worse shape than that. And she looked at me. I'll never forget it until I get senile, I guess. She said, Timothy, Paul. She said, I love you. And I'll see you again. Because you've been saved. And I've been saved. Within a few, oh, less than an hour, I think, my little brother John, who I think has been here, He's always been a problem too. He's, he's never, he, you know, he's never had a lot of sense. Frankly, he's a, he, we we kind of baby him. You know, he's just a little short guy anyway, never grew up. And she, he was in Florida. He, she kept saying, I, "I'm waiting for John. I'm, I'm, I'm here at the banks of the river, and I'm waiting for John." Finally, she said, "I can't wait any longer." It was too much on the other side. Yep, too, much, too much to see. The ferry boat was getting ready to carry her across. She was, she was not shrunken when she left. She was free from the body of sin that all of us have to deal with. Glory to God. God, he takes us from danger to safety. In a moment of time, it's a cause to celebrate. The past is forgiven and forgotten. I would say this upon arrival. When my mother got there, she saw others that she knew. You make this little story here. When David got on that ferry boat and came back across, he was met by Shimei. Shimei had mistreated Jesus, excuse me, David on the way out of town. He'd he'd, uh, used bad language. He'd mistreated him terrible. There was Mephibosheth there, the lame boy, who had been misrepresented by Ziba. And there was an old man by the name of Barzillai, 80 years of age, who was faithful. This man from All I'm going to tell you one thing. Shimei comes, he's forgiven. Mephibosheth who'd been mistreated is all taken care of. The request that Barzillai had was honored by the king. And I want to say to you tonight when you get across the river all will be forgiven and all will be forgotten and all the negatives of life. But one of the best verses in the book to me the former things will be passed away. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Your loved ones will be given back to you. I know Jesus is what makes heaven, but I'm going to tell you, it's been good to see Mom again. Scores of preacher friends that I've known and family members and loved ones. Now, what was missing? What was missing when they got to the other side on this ferry boat? (laughs) All the misunderstandings were mended. It's a tearless place. It's a tombless place. It's a timeless place. It's a treasure place. I like what Mr. Spurgeon said. He said, be much at death, beds. They are illuminated books. What splendid gems are are washed up by the waves of Jordan. What fair flowers grow on its banks. The everlasting fountains in the glory land throw their spray aloft, and the dewdrops fall on this side of the narrow stream. While the departing sit in the suburbs of the New Jerusalem. God whispers in their ears and whispers in their ears, and they tell us of what the Spirit has revealed. Spurgeon said, "I'll part with all my books if I may see the Lord's Elijahs mount their chariots of fire." Oh, what a wonderful thing to be at the bedside of a saint of God. Whoa, I like this. That little ferry boat, that thing was for the king's household. I don't know about you, but I believe in household salvation. Acts chapter 16, that Philippian jailer, uh, that nobleman's son down the road of life, the promise you know, I like that little story about the nobleman's son. He, 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 someone came and told the Lord, and, and uh, he, was, uh, he just healed the fella and, and uh, the nobleman, he went back there, and the boy was cured when he got back there in the very same hour. Jesus, Jesus never showed up at his house, but I want to say to you tonight, the promises of God are just as good as His presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack was shy. He met a girl by the name of Mary. And one day Mary came to her desk and there was a rose, a single rose in a vase. And a little note said to Mary with love. Not signed. Of course, women know more about men, I think, than men know about women. And she kind of had it figured out. And so when Jack walked by her desk, she said, Jack, are you trying to tell me something? He was embarrassed. Are you trying to ask me out, Jack? And they went out. A few months later, Jack and Mary were married. And every single day of their 47 year marriage, he gave her a rose and had a little note with love to Mary from Jack. Well, Jack died. Mary came home after the funeral all alone and there was a knock on the door or the doorbell rang and a florist came. She opened the doors and there he stood with a vase and one rose in it. She said, there must be some mistake. She said, Jack died, we buried him today. He said, no, ma'am. No one loved you like Jack loved you. And Mr. Benny, before he died, worked it out that for the rest of your life, we'll deliver one rose to wherever you are and a little note to Mary with love, Jack. (laughs) No one ever loved you like Jesus loved you. He gives us a rose every day in his book. We pluck it from its pages. We smell its fragrant perfume throughout the day. It helps us. We feel his presence in our lives. Oh, how I love Jesus. I'm humbled by what I'm going to say, and if you take it wrong, it's because you want to. In the last three years, I've had two precious people One, 99, die. I was involved in that situation. And the other one was 90, a lady. I believe she was 97 or 98. I preached her funeral. Both of those elderly people in their 90s, within the last few months before they died, they said to me, in private, just talking. You know, Brother Tim, you know when you're over 90, you can call me anything you want to call me. Really, when you're under 90, you can call me anything you want to call me. But both of those people said to me, Tim, I believe you've been to Calvary. They weren't talking about being my conversion. They were talking to down the road of life, where you get, you get to him to the point that he gets to you. And makes a difference. A difference in your life. I want to conclude and just throw out the gospel net. A ferry boat's not a big vessel, not on that little Jordan River. I mean the Jordan River in places is not as wide as one section of pews. Other other places it might be as wide as this building, and that's as wide as it gets. Just a little ferry, just a little vessel. You say, why? I think the passenger list is small. Jesus said it this way, straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few, and few there be that find it." I'd say to you tonight if you're not saved, get on board, little children. Amen. Get on board. Yep. If you're not a child of God tonight, become one tonight. Right. I don't know about you, but I, I read the news on my phone. I listen to people talk. Israel's going to be 70 years old this weekend. And I mean to tell you, they're blowing up stuff over there and shooting at each other and carrying on. We could be at the very doorstep of getting ready to get on that great big ferry boat and haul us all to heaven. Hallelujah. If You're not saved, you ought to get saved. You ought to get in tonight. Father in heaven, we thank you for it these few minutes tonight. It's always interesting to me, Lord. I quit arguing with you about it a long, long time ago. What to preach. I am not preached this sermon 20 years probably. And I thought about it today, but I didn't know what kind of service we were going to have tonight. But you did. And I pray, Lord, if there be someone here tonight that's not a Christian, they'd become one. I pray tonight if there's some Christian that has really been beat down and they've listened to these testimonies of other people rejoicing and their rejoicers just broke, their shouters silenced. There's nothing bubbling up in their soul. I pray, dear God of heaven, you'd encourage them tonight to realize if they're saved, they got on the boat one day and it's going to reach its destination. It's not going to be averted. It's not going to sink on the way. We are sailing home one of these days by the grace of God. And I pray you'd help in Jesus' name. Stand your feet. If you need to come and maybe earlier in the evening somebody sang a song and touched your heart, Maybe come and thank God for saving you. Maybe if you're not saved tonight, come get saved. Get it settled tonight. Let's go ahead and sing, brother.